Week one of the fantasy football season is finally here, but we are not without issues. Travis Kelsey and Cooper Cup are both banged up. Who are the best pivot options tonight on the waiver wires? We're going to tell you all this and more on a jam-packed episode of the In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. We made it. We There have been mock drafts. There have been off-season discussions and arguments. And now we are here. The fantasy football regular season, baby. Seth Woolcock back with you tonight. And I am joined by a man who is maybe known as the greatest cowboy in the great state of Texas. He is someone who runs a charity league that raises thousands and thousands of dollars. He's the founder of Pros with Joes. He's the founder of Green Screen Media. He's my buddy, Eric Romoff. Eric, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Because I was absolutely psyched for the season before some devastating news hit the wire just before we went live here a couple hours ago. Man, I am I'm doing well. Uh, we just wrapped up our final draft for Pros with Joes, so now have a proverbial weight lift it off my shoulders, have a little bit more time to dig into the upcoming slate. Um, I'm I'm not exactly sure how to feel about associating me with being the biggest cowboy. It almost, almost has an intimation that I might be a Cowboys fan. I'm not a Cowboys fan. Do not put that stain on my reputation. I am a lowly Texans fan. But apart from those uh, those, misgiving, those misgivings that you're slinging at me, in, uh, in pretty good spirits, can't believe that week one is basically here. Yeah, I was so psyched for this. Like, I it was finally feeling like fall last week. The weather was cooling off. And then all of a sudden, it's been like 90 degrees, 90 degrees. I'm like getting back in the mood of it today. I'm like, oh, we're two days away. Let's go, baby. And I get this news that Travis Kelsey is hurt. And this is the first year I've ever really drafted Travis Kelsey. Not because I don't believe in who he is. It's just I've never been around the ADP that he usually goes. And when he got hurt, I was so bummed out because I literally just took him in my home redraft, my big money league over the weekend. And I'm already getting harassed there at the draft. And my team sucks. Everyone's saying like, you know, how do you do this? And because we went a little weird. All right. We went a little, little weird. Um, But then today, Eric, I'm on the phone with Xfinity. I'm trying to fight some internet issues that I've been having. I'm on, on the phone, my guy, Raul, for like, it was fucking damn near two hours. Damn near two hours. I get the news that Travis Kelsey 
is hurt as soon as I get off this. So I'm not a happy camper to begin with. And then my, my tight ends hurt. And then I go to, to pick up Noah Gray, the backup. And what do you know? I'm snaked already, Eric. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to happen, right? Like you have you have this type of breaking news that, you know, rocks the fantasy football world to its to its core. And immediately everyone is going to be firing up their apps, racing to the waiver wire, assuming that they can take Noah Gray, plug him in and we'll get basically Travis Kelsey's production. I think that's probably a little bit optimistic. But yeah, I mean, Noah Gray was flying off the shelf, right? He went from essentially less than 1% owned to well into the 40% in about a 90-minute span. Yeah, and I was caught on the wrong side of it with fucking Xfinity. So, Xfinity, get your shit together, man. We we need need to be a little (laughs) bit quicker there. Um, We are absolutely loaded, though, tonight on the show, guys. We're going to talk about some of the impact of Travis Kelsey, uh, chat a little bit about Cooper Cup and the Rams as well, and and if there's any value out there in that receiving core. We're going to do some In the Scope. That's our waiver wires uh, a week early segment. And then we're going to get into some fantasy uh, forum mailbag segment as well, and we'll round it out with some Would You Rather. So we are jam-packed. We also have joining us tonight Kyle Scott. Kyle, I just saw you yesterday about 24 hours ago. Vibes were incredibly high. And uh, I know you have some Kelsey. I know I have some Kelsey. So how are vibes now that uh, we we get some of this news just two days before we're going to have him see uh, a monstrous game? Well, they are certainly a bit lower than they were yesterday. (laughs) But, uh, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes the most fun you have in a fantasy football season is the draft. Uh, but that's why you play, you know, to see if you can <laughs> see if that draft holds up. And for some people, it just won't. So that's yeah. the game we play, baby. I was seeing people out there on the inter- interweb, Eric, uh, saying they drafted Cooper Cup and Travis Kelsey first two rounds of Scott Fishbowl. Like, that is oh, brutal because that would be such a great start. guy, Jay. He's, he's, he's one of those sad hearts out there. And, dude, I mean, when you're drafting that team in July – you are feeling spectacular You're hot about how things are going. Yeah. yeah. Like you you feel like you've already won this thing two two rounds in. And now I mean, look, I, I don't think all hope is lost. We'll obviously talk about these guys in greater detail, but not exactly the start you want to get off to. Yeah, one hundred percent. Also joining us tonight, Eric, is the IBT family. Uh Albert, already in the chat, he's locked and loaded and saying, good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. Appreciate you always making time for us, our friend. And uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in last week. It was actually our biggest episode of the podcast ever. We've been doing this for a couple of years now. So uh, to have something like that go off it, it was pretty exciting. And it's because of people like Albert and all the regular IBT family members who are in here every day, subscribing to the channel, liking our content, commenting. Like That stuff goes a long way, and it really helps us get out to the masses. So uh, we appreciate that big time, don't we eric yeah we absolutely do this family is strong it is ever growing too right it's it's fun to take a step back and think about where this channel was where this content was just a few short months ago right so definitely feels like we're we're in mid-season form love the momentum that we're building in the recent weeks and before we jump in tonight, folks, we do have just a couple housekeeping notes. Uh, look on our Twitter. You can find our full sc- schedule of content. It is jam-packed, though. We have a lot coming out on the site. I think we already have five articles out between yesterday and today. So we've been busy. We are laboring on Labor Day over here at IBT Media. And we got a lot more coming for you. As far as this show goes, you can still find us here on Tuesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then we'll be live Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time for our Friday night or Friday afternoon shows 
We're going to have two great guests every week on with us as well. We're going to do some sleepers. We're going to do some start sits, answer your guys' questions. So it's going to be loaded. It's going to be a lot of fun. As, as far as the rest of the channel here, the, the PGA swing season still going on. Connor and Bo will be, be back on with us Tuesdays when there are tournaments. It's about every other week, every couple weeks right now. So they will be back to help you with the DFS, PGA, and betting content. And then back road, still going strong here. Yeah, we're competing with Thursday night football. We're going head-to-head with it. Uh, 8.30 Eastern time Thursday still. So uh, that'll be fun as well. So make sure you guys are plugged into the channel. And let's go ahead and jump right into it with some front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the place to have some fun? Ain't gotta worry about something, not what it means. Come and give me another, cause the night is young. At least I so thought. All right, we foreshadowed it enough. Travis Kelsey hyperextends knee two days before the NFL opener. He isn't believed to have suffered a long-term injury after hyperextending this knee. It seems like it's going to be hopefully something not so serious. He passed some ACL tests here, according to Rappaport and Pelissero over there at the NFL Network. So, Eric, initial thoughts uh, when you're kind of hearing this. He's been kind of an Iron Man, hasn't missed a game uh, due to non-COVID uh, concerns since his rookie season. Yeah, we talked about it off the top, right? Like, just absolutely shaked the fantasy, shook the fantasy football world to its core. Um, You know, a guy that, like you said, has been readily available and just absolutely lapping the field in terms of productivity at his position is now in question. Uh, The good news that you mentioned, it seems like he escaped uh, and avoided any major injury, right? His ACL is, quote-unquote, intact. And there's reporting that he seemed to be in pretty high spirits in the Kansas city locker room today. So overall, you know, might've dodged a bullet here, but the the thing for me that I think it really underscores is part of the reason why I have almost no Travis Kelsey, at least in terms of managed redraft leagues, right? Like these onesie twosie positions, tight end quarterback, especially in the case where there's a player that is so far and above the rest of the field at his position, you spend first round draft capital on that. And your roster, by default, is fragile. That one guy goes down, and there's no way you're going to recoup anywhere near replacement-level value yeah. relative to the first-round draft capital that you expended to get him, right? So, you know, I I, I think there is a, a cogent case to be made that Travis Kelsey should be a first-rounder. I don't begrudge anyone that had drafted him in the first round, but there's a very real downside to the upside that he brings to you, and this is that, right? Like, you, you cannot go out and get a Juwan Johnson and expect, you know, any yeah, yeah. production, a Noah Gray, which we talked yeah. about earlier, right? So seems like we've managed to, uh, you know, to, to come up on the right side of this. You know, maybe he misses a week or two. We're all kind of speculating at this point. But ultimately, Kelsey managers are sweating some bullets right now. Yes. We got DD in the chat saying, evening, good sirs. Good evening to you as well, Dame. Thanks for joining us here on your Tuesday bowling night. Um, all right. Let's talk about some pivots at the tight end position because Noah Gray is the first one that comes to mind. 
As I mentioned earlier, I was on the phone with Xfinity. I got sniped in the leagues. I needed some Noah Gray. I did not get him. Um, but should we really be investing in a guy right now who has 35 uh, career receptions, just over 300 yards, two touchdowns, Eric? Like, it's a small sample size. Has he delivered? Yes. Like, he has a great catch percentage when you look at his career numbers, about 80%, which is good for a player like him, primarily used as a blocker. Um, but would you be looking at him, uh, the third year man in Kansas city, or are you looking elsewhere somewhere else on the waivers? Yeah, but by and large, I think Noah Gray's a fine speculative ad, right? Like, you know, with, with the state of tight end, you've got a small handful of guys in the elite tier, a couple of guys that are kind of emerging right there. And then you just have this mess of guys that are going to catch two or three passes for 20 to 30 yards Maybe they get a touchdown, maybe they don't, right? And so they're all just kind of equivalent after you get to about tight end seven or eight, depending on the, the projection system that you're using. So that is to say that there is plenty of replacement level kind of mediocre tight end talent on the board. So you might as well take the shot with Noah Gray. I don't think Noah Gray is going to come in and play anywhere near the level of Travis Kelsey, right? He's got a very different skill set, not nearly as seasoned. But what we can say definitively is the tight end has a significant role yes. in this yes. Kansas City offense, right? So the downside, he catches two passes every week for 28 yards, and he's just like anybody else that you could have plucked off the waiver wire. The upside is they still heavily feature the tight end, and he can be getting into the realm where he's catching five, six passes, breaking north of 50 yards, obviously plenty of touchdown upside in this yes. high-powered offense. So, you know, the... <laughs> What it's, what it's costing you to go out and acquire Noah Gray is essentially negligible. But the upside, while it's, you know, relatively low likelihood, is is still worth the, the speculative ad to me. I'm going to throw out a couple other names that, that I think, you know, just should maybe be considered as well. Mm-hmm. Um, someone we don't talk a lot, a lot about on the show, but is a weapon out there is Gerald, Gerald Everett for the Chargers. This is a point total that is very, very high over there uh, against the Dolphins here in week one. It's an intriguing matchup, and I think Everett would be someone you could look out for. He's on almost all waiver wires. Um, we'll talk about a couple bit, a couple more here, um, but any thoughts on Everett? And then we got Higby out there. I, I don't know what Higby's roster ship percentage is. I can look that up here, um, but I love Higby for week one. If Cooper Cup doesn't go, we just kind of kind of transition into that as well. Cooper Cup doesn't go here, Albert. I think Higby is... Maybe not a must start, but he is, for me, a top 10 tight end. Set it and forget it here. He has been Matthew Stafford's safety valve since he got there, and he's an important part of that offense as well, Eric. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fair point and a, a very clear and necessary distinction, right? While I think Noah Gray is a, is a wonderful speculative ad, don't necessarily want to start him right off the rip, especially if there are players – like Higby or like Gerald Everett on 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 waiver wires for you, right? And the the context that you mentioned Higby in is is exactly that. If if Cooper Cup doesn't play in Week One, and you know we'll we'll see what the practice reports say as the week goes on. Seeming like he's probably on the wrong side of questionable as he's uh, interrogating that specialist in Minnesota <laughs> as we speak. Um, but if he doesn't play, I mean Higby has one of the safer floors at the position out of you know really all of the non-elite guys uh, in, in week one, right? So if he's out there and, and largely he should be, I would be I'd be surprised to hear if he was rostered in more than 
50 or 60 percent of leads 82.4 for higby on espn 82 so. getting some love okay. yeah Hig- yeah yeah i, so I was you're in that, that number two. i think i think he's i think he's worthy of a, of a week one start for sure okay all right, we're going to talk about waivers a little bit more in depth. We're, we are going to have so, some more tight ends to talk about, some more receivers. But I do want to get to these questions in the chat here, Eric. Uh, first, our guy Isaac G. What's up, Isaac? Thanks for Isaac. taking time for us tonight, man. Should I trade Cup, TJ, Aaron Jones, and Gabe Davis for A.J. Brown, Ingram, Najee, and Dak? Do you know who TJ is, Eric, who he's re- referring to there? Not offhand. I'm sure it's something that's very obvious and is just escaping my brain. Um, but TJ doesn't come to mind for JT. For maybe me. he's talking JT here. Um, all right, let's go with the information we know. Cup, Aaron Jones, Gabe Davis, AJ Brown, Ingram, Najee, and Dak. Okay, Hawkinson, Hawkinson, TJ. Got TJ you. Hawkinson. Okay. Okay. Um, How do you feel about this? This is close. Yeah this this is a pretty pretty fair deal on the surface. Um, I'm probably tipping my hand a little bit, but I would I would lean towards the the cup side here. Um, you know, look, I if you're acquiring Dak Prescott, you're getting someone that has waiver wire level production onto your roster, right? So yeah, yeah. He's he's just kind of a throw in that's taking taking up roster space, and you know, by and large, at least over the course of a of a full season, while some of that might be in doubt, I do think that we see Cooper Cup still outscore A.J. Brown on a points-per-game basis, potentially on the entirety of the year. So, you know, he he would be the best player in this deal outright. And obviously, T.J. Hawkinson is an absolute weapon at the position, right? Like, very short list of guys that can be yeah. a difference maker, a tight end for you. T.J. Hawkinson checks that box. And then with Aaron Jones and Najee, like, kind of kind of out on Najee, or at least a little bit more bearish on his role overall. And I think you're getting relatively comparable production out of a very uh very involved in the passing game aaron jones so a lot of comparable pieces i like the tj side over ingram like the cup side over aj brown so i'll go with that side of the deal overall okay i i think i would slightly favor the aj brown side i'm just a little bit higher on guys like Najee than i think you are but yeah. Do I want to give up that positional difference at tight end? That that's really what you're saying here, and and I do agree with you that Dak is kind of a throw in at this point. Like like he is going at the end of drafts. Um, so I just think you can do better, Isaac. I I, I don't think like I don't think that's a bad trade for you, but I, I don't think it's one that you're necessarily winning. Um, another question here from our guy Zach. What's up, Zach? Thanks for joining us tonight, man. Twelve man, uh, trade. He's got. Just went in his league, Lamb and Kamara for London, Dotson, Rashad White, Khalil Herb- Herbert. So CD Lamb, Kamara went for Drake, London, Dotson, Rashad White, Khalil Herbert. So really someone was trading up for CD Lamb. Like that's kind of what, what I'm looking at this. They were trying to put a package yeah. together. I think whoever did that, I think that's a mistake. Like I, I think they probably really left their team pretty bare. Jahan Dotson to me is a locked and loaded uh, wide receiver to this season. Drake London, I'm a little bit lower on than consensus, but I, but I think he's still solid. I, and I know you love Rashad White and, and Khalil Herbert's a starting running back. So I think you just gave up a lot of pieces for one player who's going to play before week four. I don't think I would have made this trade. Would you have, Eric? Yeah, this this kind of feels like a dynasty trade, right? Where like you're trying to get that one piece to put you over the the top for a title this year. And you're you're sending out a lot of youth. If this is a dynasty trade, I feel 
better about it in terms of it being fair. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the 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 overarching point is is the one that you hit, Seth. Right, like especially heading into week one, you don't need to be bottoming out your roster in these you know four for two or three yes. for one kind of deals, yes. right? Like if you're getting up to the trade deadline and your team is well positioned to make a title run and you you want to swing for the fences fine I, I won't begrudge you i'm generally not going to be involved in these you know uh you know package of players for one or two elite <laughs> yeah. option type of deals but if if you want to swing for the fences and you think it puts you over the top totally fine with it but for where we are in the season like i i just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense we have we have a long way to go to be just completely uh you know uh, scraping all of the, the the food out of the cupboard on your bench and like like you mentioned Seth there are some really serviceable guys going out the door yes CD Lamb is is the best player in this trade individually Kamara should contribute from week 4 on but i i love what Drake London profiles as heading into this year same thing with 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 Dotson uh i'm not quite as high on Rashad White as our guy Scott Rainier is but definitely think that he holds and earns the majority of the work in that backfield so mm-hmm. Look, if, if you're trying to make some splashy trades, like at least narrow the scope, right? Send out two of these guys for one player. Yes. You know, shop this around and see if you can't find uh, you know, someone that will maybe give you a more equitable return. But I mean, heading into the first week of the season, this this just feels like it's it's doing a lot. It's desperate. It's a it, it sounds like yeah. someone it, it sounds like it was one of Zach's league mates here that has not won this league and is getting desperate right off the rip like guys anything can happen this season we, we just lost mm-hmm. travis kelsey like 24 hours ago we were all sitting pretty who drafted travis kelsey like anything can happen we got to keep our heads on fucking swivels here as we head into week one so yeah don't gut your fucking roster this early uh but appreciate the question nonetheless zach eric let's jump into some uh some in the scope I have the stars in my sights. requesting permission to engage in the scope all right in the scope this is our segment that we try to look past the general waiver wire targets we're going to mention them briefly talk about any that stick out to us but it's really about getting past that getting guys that you can get for zero fab zero priority after the waiver is clear go scoop them up you might set an early alarm if you're trying to get them um depending when your guys' waiver is running your league but they are players who could be the top waiver wire ads next week. And that's what we're trying to get ahead of here. So let's talk about some of the mainstream waiver wire targets this week. And at the quarterback position, the only person I really came up with was Kenny Pickett. Um, potentially, I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup for him this weekend, but there might not be any Nick Bosa for the 49ers. I think that changes things. Um, he has a great schedule after this week as well. So Kenny Pickett, I think he's someone people will be targeting next week as well. Um, you talked about him earlier as well. Jalen Warren uh, is competing with Najee Harris for touches. He's only 40%, 46% rostered right now as well, Eric. Tank Bigsby, Kenneth Gainwell, Roshan Johnson, Deuce Vaughn. A lot of good names that are 30% rostered or less here. Any of those running backs stick out to you that you're trying to nab up before week one? Because I have a lot of these guys on my roster, and if I don't, I want them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of names to touch on here. Um, you know, for for me, there there are three distinct names that I want to try to scoop up, assuming that I have roster space available. Right, like you just drafted these players, don't go cut them loose for a speculative ad, right? But Jalen Warren, Kenneth Gainwell, Roshan Johnson, 
three guys in in the case of the latter two, Gainwell and Johnson, that could very well see the majority, if not the vast majority of the work in their backfield yes. in week number one. And if they get anywhere near their top percentile outcome are going to be incredibly expensive assets to acquire come Tuesday at 3.01 a.m. or whenever your waivers run, right? Yeah. So, you know, if if you have a spare bench spot, these are the guys that I would definitely prioritize overall. I mean, I, I think players like Warren and like Gainwell, to a lesser extent, Johnson should just be rostered anyways, right? Like these are these are those lottery tickets that you just want to keep on the backside of your bench. Tank Bigsby, you know, I, I think it's fair to look at him if you are an ETN owner, if you're in a deeper format and, you know, a, a, a world where someone gets eight to 10 or 11 touches is a, you know, is viable as a starter. Perfectly fine. Deuce Vaughn, plant my flag right now. You can miss me on all this Deuce Vaughn hype. Like the really? people that are out there trying to pretend that Deuce Vaughn is the handcuff to Tony Pollard have I think it he absolutely is. backwards. I mean, I, he, he's looked he's looked dynamic. He is he's a flash in the pan. He he absolutely jumps off the page when you when you see him running. But there is not a world where Tony Pollard goes out and they give Deuce Vaughn the starting workload, the vast majority of touches. No, in no, no. Will no. he be involved? Certainly, right. Um, but I, I don't think that you can you can draft Tony Pollard and then pick up Deuce Vaughn and say. I've locked up the Dallas backfield okay. in case Tony Pollard gets hurt, right? That's fair. Like Deuce Vaughn is, is going to have this satellite role pretty much to himself all throughout the year. You know, that that role will expand if something happens to Tony Pollard, but he's he's not going to become the workhorse. Okay. All right. Let's talk about some pass catchers. This could be good for the Cooper Cup and the Travis Kelsey managers. Alec Pierce, six point eight percent rostered right now. Again, I, I've said all offseason, guys, like Alec Pierce is someone I've been drafting with the last pick in my drafts because if there's one thing Anthony Richardson can do, it's bomb the hell out of a pigskin. And I think Alec Pierce will be at the other end of those a lot this season. So I'm interested in him here, especially in in, in week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars team that the Colts are going to play from behind. They're going to have to play catch up in this one. And I think it's going to give some garbage time to Alec Pierce and Anthony Richardson uh, in the later half of that one. Also, uh, at the tight end position, Chiga Conquo, we've talked about him before, man, 45.1% rostered, so he's out there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has to throw someone here. I don't love this game for fantasy purposes. Both the Saints and the Titans play very, very slow, some of the the lowest pace of play teams. So um, I'm trying to bet the under on that. I'm trying to avoid player props on taking the over of that. Um, But but Chig, I I think, is a decent option. And then Sammy Ball game, baby. 27% 27% owned Sam Laporta in Detroit. If I don't have Travis Kelsey, like I, I, I would maybe even, I, I, who would you rather play Sam Laporta or Noah Gray Thursday night? Man, I, it, it's hard for me to not want to play Sam Laporta. I know it's his first game of his career, Eric, but this is a guy who's going to be the number two option uh, in my book for Detroit. Yeah. I mean, if you find yourself in this position, you're you're not doing great, right? This is a world where obviously Travis Kelsey is is not playing on that Thursday night opener, which which I think is at this point probably the most likely and realistic outcome. You know, you, you can split hairs. I would I would probably lean towards Noah Gray just because he has been in this system for a little while, right? Like of all of the skill positions that we see and that we roster in fantasy football historically tight end is the one that has the longest learning curve until they get to a point where they're producing 
at an NFL level. So uh, Laporte has got that working against him. But also, I, I don't think it's fair to say that Laporte is going to be, at least by default, the second receiving option in uh, in, in Detroit, right? Like, Ooh. I think there's a world where maybe someone like Jameer Gibbs is going to be getting a ton of targets while they are waiting for Jamison Williams to return, right? So ultimately, like, I think their projections probably sit pretty close to each other. And while we're talking about a very limited sample size in the NFL is at least a larger NFL sample size with gray than you have relative to Laporta. All right. Fair enough. Appreciate that, Eric. Um, let's jump into the short things or the, uh, in the scope candidates here. And let's talk about these players who could be the, the next waiver wire pickups that we're talking about earlier in the show next week. And uh, I, I want to start here with Isaiah Hodgins, man, only 6.8% rostered. And this is a guy who he's going to be the X receiver for Daniel Jones and the Giants. He's going to be on the field more than any of the other receivers outside of Darren Waller, um, the tight end. But he was the wide receiver five week 13 through 17. When you needed him last year, man, Isaiah Hodgins showed the fuck up. And like to me, he looks like Reptar in a world of Rugrats. Like these are some small ass receivers on the Giants. I don't think any of them are very tall at all. And, and and I think Isaiah Hodgins can be that that red zone force they need to help help take a little bit of the load off of Darren Waller. So I'm interested in him here, second year in Brian Dable's offense for Daniel Jones. Um, and I think week one, man, like we know how greedy Trayvon Diggs gets to, gets out there for the Cowboys on number one receivers. And I think Isaiah Hodgins, there's a world he burns him for one, you know, 40 yard touchdown, and we're sitting here next week. Everyone's trying to grab him, Eric. Yeah, I mean that's that's all it would take, right? And you know, he he's definitely the type of player that can take one or two catches and and really really break a a week wide open for you. And I I think your your analysis is spot on, right? Like we're going to see a lot of bracket coverage out there for Darren Waller. You know, a lot a lot of the other pieces that Daniel Jones has at his disposal kind of profile in a simple way, right? Or in a similar way, I should say. So to put it simply, usually looking at the guys that, you know, one thing is not like the other. Yes. There's a reason why that player is around, right? They're going to play a very distinct role in the offense. And just being on the field has intrinsic value, right? So, you know, whether or not it's week one, there's probably going to be a week where Hodgins pops. And when that happens, you're going to have to spend a pretty penny to go out and acquire him. So might as well go out and grab him now on the free or on the very cheap. He was that pick over the weekend. We were doing our live draft. We were getting later into it. I was getting a little buzzed up, and I picked Isaiah Hodgins, and I it just felt right. It just felt right, man. So get yourself some Hodgins here this week before next uh, week when he pops off. And then uh, let's go here to your sure thing, Sleeper of the Week. Where are you taking us, Eric? Yeah, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. At least it feels like that. And I'm going to go with Darnell Mooney, uh, a player like you mentioned uh, earlier with Alec Pierce that I've been grabbing near the last round of most of my drafts, a player that I drafted last year and like many people was sorely disappointed with. Yes. But now, you know, taking a more uh, sober and objective look at the Chicago Bears, Darnell Mooney's profile does not fit that of a wide receiver one or an alpha receiver, right? Like you go back two years ago in 2021, 81 receptions, uh, 1,050 yards plus, four receiving touchdowns, 13 yards per reception, right? Like really managed to blossom and flourish in this, you know, second alternative option field stretcher type of role that his athletic skill set really fits more organically to. So 
now that we have DJ Moore in town and we have what I believe to be a Chicago Bears passing offense that should take a step forward in the upcoming season, I do think we see Mooney step into a more natural fit of a role. And specifically this game, I mean, it's it's carrying a relatively modest total, 43, 43 and a half points or so. I kind of like this game to shoot out a little bit, right? Like I think both these offenses can do a little bit. I don't think the defenses can really offer much resistance. And similar argument that you made with Hodgins, right? Mooney's the type of player, he can catch one deep one and all of a sudden, you know, win a week for you. If that happens, he's going to be he's going to be harder to acquire next week. So definitely feels like a solid speculative ad to me. Okay. All right. Yeah, I he is someone that I, I feel like we have not talked about in years. Darnell Mooney kind of fell off the map. And I know in the past that a lot of the co-hosts of the show love Darnell Mooney. And I was always pumping up brakes on him being the number one because he wasn't a number one wide receiver. He was yeah. best when he was the two, the number three wide receiver for the Bears offense. So I think it's an intriguing proposition you lay out and uh, someone I haven't really thought about all offseason. So I appreciate you putting him on my radar as well, Eric. Um, got a question here for our boy, uh, Sam. It looks like he just lost Kelsey. Um, he said, I'm so crazy for picking up Laporta over OK and Dulcich. Am I crazy? He's saying, is he crazy for picking up Laporta over who's OK here? We're getting, we're getting some more initials here. Man, these these initials are going to keep throwing a, us. Chig, a quonk, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Let us know who, who who okay was. But Greg Dulcich, I, I don't. I don't want to play Greg Dulcich this, this week, man. I don't want anything to do with the Broncos in what's going to be Sean Payne's first uh, first game here with them. I'm not interested in Dulcich, especially. We heard a lot of reports in preseason that Adam Troutman was taking a lot of snaps with the first team. So I would much rather play Laporta. Uh, instead of him and eric you even said that that you you wouldn't like laporta over noah gray but noah gray is also an option here uh for our guy sam who just lost him as well yeah so i'll i'll stick to what i was going or what i was saying earlier i I would ever so slightly lean noah gray over laporta um both of those players for whatever it's worth i would have ahead of dulcich right your your analysis is is spot on um dulcich is is losing favor and therefore opportunity in this offense at least over the course of of the offseason in camp and also you know the what what sean payton's looking to do you know he he likes guys at the tight end position that are a bit more versatile right guys yes. that can pick up some run blocking responsibility but still go out and run a quick route do a little button hook whatever it might be and and that profiles as as adam troutman right so i think troutman obviously has the familiarity and favor with uh with sean payton and he's he's probably going to see at least more snaps than than dulcich will in in the immediate term right so you know flip a coin between between laporta and noah gray um i i think it's kind of a negligible difference between the two but either of them are are a good measure ahead of dulcich for me you'll be all right sammy you'll be all right man you'll be all right with laporta or gray we'll get through this yeah, it's not going to be easy, buddy. We'll get there. Uh, last sure thing, sleeper, I want to throw out there this week. Uh, Puka Nakua. There's likely no no Cooper Cup. And I think if you are desperate enough, I think Puka Nakua could have some value this week. Um, listen, man, the, the Stafford and the Chargers, they need a target, a, a volume target. And Nakua averaged 8.2 targets at BYU last season. Like, that's kind of his role here. He's all, also had five rushing touchdowns. So, I, I, it was you or Scott, I think, who brought it up earlier in the offseason that he could have some rushing value as well, kind of like how they used to use Robert Woods. 
And Sports Illustrated reported earlier this uh, this week, Eric, he's going to be an immediate contributor. Only had one preseason game, caught three balls for 31 yards and a touchdown. Seahawks, their cornerbacks are already banged up a little bit with Devon Witherspoon, not 100%. He's just getting back to hell. So I think Puka Nakua, uh, for anyone who lost Cooper Cup or is just looking for an end-of-bench stash, uh, he could be someone we're talking about uh, in a lot higher regard just a week from now. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a fair point. Um, you know, the, the the thing about it is is with the presumption that that Cooper Cup is out. I mean, it really opens up this this offense for someone to step forward and receive targets. Right? Um, you know, we've we've seen what the Van Jefferson experiment can be. I think he's got a role to play in this offense, but I, I do think we're going to see someone like a Tyler Higby, like a Puka Nakua kind of emerge out of seemingly nowhere to, you know, to sop up a lot of that, that workload. And as much as we want to, we want to dog on Matt Stafford, like, yes, guy doesn't know, doesn't know his, his teammates names. He knows Puka Nakua's name, right? Like this is the guy that is making highlight play after highlight play in the preseason, all over the course of, of camp in the off season. Right. So if, if he's going to be out there, I'd, I'd like his opportunity to potentially pop definitely a nice speculative ad, you know, I, playing him heading into week one, like you're definitely swinging for the fences, probably have some higher projected options that, you know, you can you can slot in there instead. But, I mean, there there's certainly a world where Pukunakua gets this opportunity with Cup out and makes the most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not trying to put him in lineups, but, like, I, I, I yeah. think, like, maybe a sneaky DFS play as well. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, let's get to some from the forum and uh, take some more questions if anyone has one. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do. Here at In Between, we got advice for you. Back and forth all day trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Forum. All right, so thank you to our sponsor, which was named the Fantasy Football Advice Forum. It is now the Fantasy Football Advice Network, fantasyfootballadvice.com. This is a new platform where players and creators can support each other. Basically takes Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, all those really cool apps, but you have to have four or five different ones, and it combines them into one platform, all for fantasy footballers just like you guys. If you want to get started, I'm having a lot of fun over on the platform interacting uh, with a new group of people over there. You can use our promo code IBT. You're going to get 25% off that. Again, that's promo code IBT. Get over there for, from the, uh, with the Fantasy uh, Football Advice Network, and uh, we'll take your questions here. Uh, l- let's start with the first one here on the list tonight, boys. Uh, trade Joe Mixon for a wide receiver one. Who do I target in that range? And Eric, I think this is a question here for me that I, I think it's really tough to get a wide receiver one for Joe Mixon. I, I think Joe Mixon has been so, I don't want to say overdrafted, but but I, I feel like his ADP has risen throughout the offseason. Now I think he is getting to the point where he's a little overdrafted. And if you're looking ADP, pretty much all the wide receiver ones are going just about a little bit ahead of him. So like I love some low end wide receiver ones. I love Garrett Wilson. I love Amon Ross St. Brown, AJ Brown. However, I don't think you can just get those guys for just flipping Joe Mixon here. How do you feel about it, uh, Eric? So I, I think uh, I think like it's like it is oftentimes the answer is in the question. How does one go out and acquire Joe Mixon 
you probably went you probably went high T, you probably went bully bully running back yep. in your draft approach. And now you're looking to expend, you know, one of these kind of ancillary running backs for an upgrade at wide receiver because of that approach whomever you acquire will probably be your wide receiver one, but might not be ranked as a wide receiver one. Hope everyone's hope everyone's following along at home. Yes. Brought a paper and pad, but ultimately, <laughs> you know, this is, this is why I don't like drafting a bunch of running backs early. Right. I'd, I'd much rather go with that anchor RB style, but you're here now. There are probably some guys that, you know, certainly have top 12 receiver on their range of outcomes you mm-hmm. might be able to acquire for Joe Mixon. I was stumping for Keenan Allen last time I was on air. Maybe you can find someone that is, um, you know, rostering a Jonathan Taylor and has some serious questions about what they're going to do at running back. Take advantage of that. Amari Cooper might be a guy. Maybe like a Debo Samuel, something in that range. It's, yeah. it's going to be hard to find someone that, you know, can realistically get up to that top 12 marker at the position. But, I mean, look, all of these roster builds and all of these textures are different, right? So just go comb through your your opponent's rosters. If there's any of them that are hard up for a running back, maybe they took the opposite approach and they are super deep at wide receiver. And you can, you know, try to try to fit in where, you know, where where their roster has, um, you know, has, has some holes. Maybe you can pull off better than that. But I think that's probably about the top of the range that you're you're looking at in terms of getting a singular wide receiver in return. Yeah, and my my advice for for, uh, for a guy over here on the the fantasy football advice advice network would be just wait, just wait like a a week or two. Let Joe Mixon pop off, and then I think you could get better value for him. But I think right after the draft, it's a little bit tough. Um, here we got a question from our our girl Dame saying, "I'm living in a lunatic land with Cup and Kelsey until until they they're marked out." So not a question, but just saying that she's in a rough spot as well. Um, hey, man, like that is. Know. Yeah, that I would have loved that start. I would have loved that start. I almost did that start um, on Saturday night, Dame. So uh, I'm almost there with you as well. Um, let's go to the next question here. Who should I use on my second flex, Brandon Cooks or Isaiah Pacheco? I'll, I'll tee you up here, Eric. Where are you going? Because this one's pretty clear to me as well. I'm going to go Isaiah Pacheco here. Um, the you know, Generally speaking, in a flex spot, I, I want a bit of a higher floor. Usually that tends to come along with running backs. Um, you know, obviously the Chiefs offense is one that is going to project to score one of, or at least have one of, if not the highest score on any given week. So I want to get into that Kansas City offense where I, wherever I can. And Brandon Cooks, at least where we sit right now, is a legitimate question mark, right? There's certainly a point where he can, you know, emerge in this offense and really establish a role, but Heading into week one, we're kind of guessing what that role is. So would much rather have what I believe the more sure thing with the safer floor in Pacheco. Yeah, and and you touched on it, man. This is the highest over-under total on the slate, and I think you want to attack players on that. We don't know what it's going to be like with Brandon Cooks there, man. Like This is also the first time we're going to see Mike McCarthy calling plays in quite some time as well. So like, there are a lot of question marks in Dallas. Um, I I drafted Dak Prescott, waited on a quarterback in a couple leagues, and I'm kind of regretting that because I'm I'm kind of coming to that realization right now about that. So yeah, I think I think Pacheco, especially with Travis Kelsey out, is a great play here for our for our, uh, our guy D- Dolan. Um, looks like we got Derek in the chat saying LFG boys, what's up, Derek? Thanks Derek. for uh, tuning in tonight, man. We appreciate you. Um, all right, 
Last question here from the forum. Someone dropped JSN, Jackson Smith Najigba, in his 10-team half-point PPR league. Who does that? Should I drop Dalton Kincaid or Geno Smith for him? He has Dave Njoku as his starter at the tight end position. So a lot to unpack here. Um, I'm not in any 10-team league, so so I, I can't say how close JSN would be and how ludicrous that is, but that does suck uh, just to have him. I mean, sucks the guy did it. You know, sucks for him, but someone's going to benefit here. Who are you dropping, if anyone, for him, Eric? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I generally don't understand why people draft someone and then turn around and like drop them immediately. Like, I just don't understand that logic, right? Like, you go through the whole offseason planning your approach and your strategy and who you want to take, and then you just turn around and cut bait within like days of, of drafting Especially that Especially JSN. He was still probably, uh, even in a 10-man league, a, a ninth, 10th round pick. Yeah, I mean, like his, his ADP is in the mid-80s, right? So, right. like... You know, definitely someone that that should be rostered maybe they're scared off by the risk thing whatever um for me especially in a 10 10 person league i would be perfectly fine dropping kincaid or geno smith for him right like really want to try to shoot for upside especially at wide receiver jsn is definitely one of those lottery tickets but also pretty solid likelihood that you can get geno smith level or comparable level yes productivity off your waiver wire similar with Dalton Kincaid right like I'm generally more bearish on rookie tight ends as it is so I think he's probably going to profile as a three for 30 kind of guy for the majority of the season at least in redraft so you know letting either of those guys go there's really no opportunity cost because you can scoop them back up later you can scoop up someone similar later you're not going to find someone with the upside of JSN sitting on your wire for much longer yeah I love Geno Smith. I think Geno still has a QB1 potential this season. Sure, However, yeah. in a 10-team league, you can get options like that on the waivers weekly. So I wouldn't mind dropping him. Kincaid, when you have Najoku as your starter, like I think it comes down to who's your quarterback. You know, like if you have a rock steady quarterback, let Geno go, no problem. Um, but yeah, I, I I think even with Kincaid, he it might be a slow start. So do whatever you can to get freaking JSN on your rosters, guys. Like Run, if you're still walk. drafting. This is a guy who arguably was better than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Last time we saw him, he put up 300 yards in, oh, yeah, the Rose Bowl, maybe the most iconic game there is. So, yeah, very interesting there. I'm, I, I'll do whatever I can to get JSN. Let's just say that, Eric. Um, and all right, let's go ahead. Let's round it out with a game of uh, Would You Rather. Would you rather? It ain't no simple matter, but we do have a simple man in town. It's Kyle Scott, our audio producer. Kyle, how are you feeling? You heard what we had to say. I feel like, did we give you a plan how to deal with this Travis Kelsey nonsense going on? Yeah, probably, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. It's, you know, it's a tricky situation. 
<laughs> All right. Well, luckily, we are in our section of the show where we blend some lifestyle questions with some fantasy football advice questions as well. So, Kyle, take us wherever you want to go, man. What Whatever's going to bring you the best vibes. All right. So we're going to start off with a little bit of kind of a mix, honestly. A little bit of mix of football and lifestyle. Uh, would you rather be banned from trading or from using the waivers this season? Eric, what do you think, my man? Man, uh, neither, I guess, is the correct answer. Uh, <laughs> if I have to if I have to choose one... You do, Eric. That's the game. It is would you rather. Yeah, I, I, get, <laughs> I get the construct. Um, I would be banned from trading. Um, I feel like I do a lot more work towards the overall improvement of my roster on waivers. Trading is definitively more fun, but I also think that you know, you're having you're having to comb through a lot of noise, like people trying to send you six guys to yes. get CD Lamb off your roster, yes. right? Like, yes, like there 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 are plenty of Jim Ursays with this home league energy, just trying to clog your inbox with bad trade <laughs> offers. And I can you know I can spend some time on the waiver wire, you know, find some guys in the scope, get a week or two ahead that can really move the needle for my roster without having to deal with all that nonsense. Yeah, I agree. And you can really fuck up your team accepting some bad <laughs> trades. Like even, even even when you don't been there. Think it's a bad trade, the guy you could trade for could get hurt the very next week. Like you it, trading can backfire usually more than dropping someone on the waivers. There, I, there there hasn't been that many times that I can remember like, "Oh, I shouldn't have dropped that guy in 2017 or whatever the year was." So, yeah, I I'm I'm with Eric on this, man. And like, can we just be honest? Can we all just say like we all send some fucking bad trades sometime? Like I get ripped in some in my home league for sending some bad trades. It's like every morning I wake up to garbage ass trades. So like, let's just pump the brakes on that a little bit, Eric. It's like we all send some bad trades once in a while, dude. For for anyone out there that is a a commissioner of a fantasy football league, like salute to you. You're doing the Lord's work out there. Like, (laughs) get a league vote out there that mandates. You cannot cold drop someone a trade offer in your league. All trade offers need to be proposed and prompted over text, over phone call, over a beer, whatever it might be. Because yeah. people like they're half asleep. They, you know, they're three sheets to the wind and they're shooting off these bullshit <laughs> offers that just piss everyone off and they don't actually further the conversation, right? Like <laughs> if you just shoot someone a text like, hey, I like this player, or hey, I'm interested in talking about a deal, you're gonna get a deal done far more often yes, than if that, you just cold drop something into someone's inbox that yeah that's the bottom line there kyle you are someone i will say who's usually pretty savvy there's usually a time every league i'm in with you you're either fucked at quarterback you're fucked at running back one of the valuable positions you're usually fucked at at some point because injuries or some bullshit happening so like you use trading usually to help you i feel like you've willed a lot of teams to championships and deep into the playoffs because of it so can you live without that um honestly i don't know about uh wheeling and dealing and getting me to the (laughs) to the championships um but i i feel like um uh trading like you guys have said uh with home league energy you know you're wading through a lot of bullshit (laughs) and you're dealing with people that just either overvalue their players too much or undervalue your guys way too much and with waiver wires i 
I like I feel very savvy whenever I get someone and they have a good week. Like if I nail a waiver wire pick, I'm having a good week, you know. And yeah, trading yeah. just has, you know, there's too many. I don't know. I get I, anxious about trading too because trading? sometimes I yeah. think, what if the guy like goes off that I just traded, you know? So so yeah, you, you're right, Kyle. You're a great point there. Uh, what else do you have for us? And would you rather? Yeah, so we're going to do a little more lifestyle. We're going to do some film, some movies for you guys. So a couple of movies coming out this coming weekend. Would you rather watch Dumb Money, which is about uh, everyday people flip the script on Wall Street and get rich by turning GameStop into lit. the world's hottest companies in the middle of everything is a regular guy who starts it all by sinking his life savings into the stock. So it's one of those kind of fictionalized real-life stories that happened a couple years ago. Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Ooh. Ooh. Which is about uh, they have a family reunion in Greece. About a Greek wedding? Uh, no, not a wedding. I, it didn't oh. say wedding in the description. Yeah, what the fuck's that? Can we just get my big fat Greek big American fat Greek or, reunion. Uh, reunion? Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's some yeah. bad some bad marketing there. I I, I, I I'm not gonna pick that one now just because wow. of it. Honestly, I wasn't gonna pick it's it before, but okay. I'm not gonna pick it now. Uh, do we have um, any other movies? The third option here is gonna be Spy Kids Armageddon. Uh, when the children of the world's greatest secret agents unwittingly help a powerful game developer unleash a computer virus that gives him control of all technology, they must become spies themselves to save their parents and the world. Sounds very similar to all the other Spy Kids plots. I'm just like, I'm just, yeah. you know, you know. And I love Spy Kids. Like I was a kid when Spy Kids was out, and like I, I, I'm sure you guys loved it too. Like I, I, lo I, I fucked with the the original Spy Kids. I think it's getting a little overplayed at this point. We don't even have the original characters coming back for this. Um, right. I, I think this this feels like a Netflix money grab to me. Eric, it, it, thoughts on on my? Are, are you a Spy Kids fan? You seem a little taken back by 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 my diss there. So you're uh, the the thing that took me back is just the 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 nature of content now. It's all a Netflix money grab, right? <laughs> yeah. Just churn as much out as you possibly can. It's like let's let's take this franchise. What is a calamity that they haven't faced yet? Cool, that's the new movie. I was hoping before uh, Kyle so gracefully read that description that this might be like a mashup of like the Spy Kids movie. And the Armageddon movie, <laughs> where like they're back on the asteroid with like Billy Bob Thornton and Ben Affleck trying to trying to drill that thing in half. Because it's not because of the blatant false advertising in my big fat Greek wedding, not really a wedding three. Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna have to go with dumb money. You know, on merit, that would be my choice anyways, because I I love I love to see these kind of fictionalized stories of things that happened, especially in recent memory. Um, you know, the whole Hodel and Stonks thing is just such a, a core part of pop culture today that, you know, any any story along those lines would probably be the most interesting. But, I mean, these other two, like, I don't know. They're, they're kind of duds, if I'm being honest. Kyle, do you feel – like, I feel like movie theaters are back. Like, I feel like movie theaters are kind of back in the swing of things. I, I hadn't gone to the movies 
for about five or six years, maybe longer. And I've gone twice in the last like six months and I've had a blast both times. So A, our movie theaters back. You're probably the biggest movie buff I know. And also, which one of these movies are you taking? Uh, we worked at a Greek restaurant in college. So, so you trying to head there? <laughs> um, and man, was that a time? Was that was that a fucking cut. time? Uh, making me think about that has just pushed my Greek fat wedding three down farther. Yo, they make some uh, good steak hoagies <laughs> over there in Greece, though. They make some. They make some good hogs, baby. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. People are are people want to go back to the movies. It seems like when there's good movies to see. I mean, are these three movies good movies to see? Time will tell. Not really up my alley per se, but um, <laughs> uh, maybe Dumb Money. I guess. The I mean, Spy Kids is not. I'm not in the the target demographic in the slightest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have kids, and I'm not a child <laughs> so are you a spy no uh but if it was a mix of spy kids and armageddon i that would be I sick right to consider it if ben affleck is <laughs> training spy kids to be oil drillers <laughs> in, in space clip I it this, this is this is an official pitch send it out to the studios watch that you don't even have to change the title it's so easy <laughs> all right i think we're all in agree agreeance there uh lo- always love when we bring the, mo- the the movies segment on this when we always bring up the movie question always makes me laugh so i appreciate that um kyle we probably have time for one or two more questions all right so we got a food question which can be divisive at times we've been known to get some heated arguments about food here so would you rather Enjoy a bowl of chili or corn chowder on a football Sunday. Eric, you're from Texas, so I feel like you're you're the one who I feel like you have better of both of these things there. At least that's what I've heard. Uh, I'm not sure if we have better of both. Um, anyone that is in the immediate vicinity of me and my household has access to some of the best chili in the world. So that is clearly the choice for me. Uh, I. I love chili. I make chili all the time. It's one of like the staples of our of our household whenever I'm in there yeah. rattling some pans. But also on the other side, most things in the chowder, chowder category can just miss me. Not really in, into any variety of chowder. Wow. Wow. Okay. I Yeah, I kind of fuck with corn chowder, honestly. I think corn chowder is a great chowder. Um, I think I like good ass chili. I hate like mid chili. Like if it's mid chili or mid corn chowder, mid like I, I'll go with with a chowder. But like good ass chili, I like a little spice in there. I actually prefer turkey chili as well. Getting a little fancy up in here, I know. Um, but yeah, I I would probably go with chili. But I need that spice, maybe a little turkey in there. Kyle, your thoughts here? Dame is uh, with us on chili as well. Dame gets it. I mean, I personally don't come from a corn chowder family. I've never really been. Uh, I do enjoy chowders. I like clam chowder, but that's not really uh, in the same ballpark, I would say. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I mean, football, chili is football food, man. Like, if I'm eating chili, it's week 10, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I'm making sure I don't got have people... In, with buys on my roster 
on my <laughs> starting. Like that's what chili is. Corn chowder. I, I don't fucking care about corn chowder. <laughs> chili. All right, all right. Some, a strong take there from Kyle. Uh, we got another Kyle in the chat tonight. Kyle Campfield. He's saying, "Hey guys, fellow Kyle, twelve man seventh pick, one running back, one wide receiver, three flexes." His oh man, okay. He's he's giving us his whole roster. Um, all right, I'll go I'll go through it here for the audio uh, listeners as well. Quarterback Fields, running back Bijan Robinson, wide receiver Garrett Wilson, tight end Cole Komet. Oh, I fucking hate Cole Komet. Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, Brand Ayuk, Pacheco, James Cook, Juju, Elijah Moore. How did he do? Yeah, I honest. I mean, anytime that I, I, I think. Anytime you get Calvin Ridley as your as your second wide receiver, I'm pretty happy with it this this year. Got some depth at all the positions, Eric. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think other Kyle did pretty well for himself. Um, you know, Justin Fields I have as my QB four overall. Um, you know, usually when you see someone getting a top flight option at any of the either of the onesie positions, the rest of their roster really suffers for it, but. I, I think you managed to to dodge that bullet, right? Definitely happy with Bijan and Garrett Wilson starting in the named positions. You know, from yeah, there, that's a some great combination. Start. That's a great start, man. Ridley, Mike Williams, and Ayuk, like perfectly happy with that week in and week out. Cole Komet, you can you can use to work on that, right? We've talked about several names that you can at least speculate and add on to your roster and see if they develop over the course of the season. You know, if if nothing else, I think Komet's kind of just a guy that's probably the glaring weak spot overall. Yes. You know, not the not the biggest juju guy either, more so just based on who's going around him. But you know, that that's what your sixth wide receiver. I think that's a perfectly fine position to be in. Yeah, I, I, I like this a lot, man. This is one of those rosters to me that like I, I drafted f- from the seven slot. In a 12-man league this weekend, mm-hmm. I almost took Bijan in the first round. He he was my my, my second pick if Kelsey didn't follow me. Uh, you know, wish I had that back now. But Garrett Wilson went nowhere close to me. He was gone three or four picks ahead of me. So I think Garrett Wilson in the second round to pair with Bijan, excellent play there, man. I, I really good job. Um, I, I I'd give this an A. I would give this an A. I really like this. All yeah, right, I, I think it's right up there. And then we got Blurpy here. He's in a 10-man league. He's given us his roster as well. Quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Running back, ETN. Little Jaguar stack there. RB2, Connor. Diggs at his receiver. Garrett Wilson at his receiver. Higby. He's got Debo in the flex. Christian Watson in his flex. Uh, he's got got some other players here as well. I won't go down th- through the whole list. Um, but overall, pretty, pretty nice team. Um I don't love the running backs. I think that's my only like. I do like ETN, but the fact that you also have Trevor Lawrence who's your quarterback makes me like ETN a little bit less. Um, so I think I'm a little shaky there. I I like James Conner, but I like a lot of the other running backs in that range a little bit better than Conner. But Diggs Wilson can't complain with that. I, I love Debo and Watson as your flexes. Like I do like a lot about this team. Um, I think I would just be trying to either upgrade my quarterback eventually or upgrading uh one of my running backs so, so i can maybe get rid of etn and not have so much shagwires uh eric your thoughts you know I, I don't mind having a lot of exposure to jags this this season but specifically this pairing t law and etn like 
it's hard to get correlation out of those two. Yes. Right. So yep. like, I, I think, I think that's the basis of any, um, of any gripe there. Uh, overall, I think you did fine for yourself, right? Like this is very clearly uh, a zero RB type of build went Diggs and Wilson first. Yeah. Um, you know, probably didn't take ETN till maybe the fourth round or so. Yeah, three or three or um, four probably. Yeah. But the, I mean, there's, there's solid, there's solid depth here too, right? Like I'm assuming that's Rashad white and not Roddy white. Um, he could very well, you know, come up to surpass James Conner as your RB2. Uh, A.J. Dillon, obviously, if things break in his direction, another player that that can contribute as a, a week-in and week-out starter. So definitely not not mad at it overall. Um, you know, I, I would give this one pretty high marks as well, probably like a like a B-plus, A-minus kind of territory. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably give it a good B as well. I, 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 I like uh, – he, he said he could have got – man, if you could have got Muth instead of Higby – one pick before me saying in the chat, I would have been all over this. I love Muth. He's one of my all-ins this year, so I would have been about it. Um, yeah, I good job, man. Good job, Blurpy. Yeah, it's it's good to see so many people back in the chat tonight, man. I feel like we got a lot of the uh, in-season listeners back tonight, so really good to hear from all of you. Um, got one more question here uh, from Paul saying, would you trade Connor for Khalil Herbert and Montgomery? Ooh, okay, so you're basically splitting. Man. This is tough. I because I think I think I would probably do that. Would you do that, Eric? I would absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, I think both Herbert and Montgomery hold the lead in their respective backfields throughout the course of the season. Um, so you're you're basically getting two starters for for one. Granted, I don't think their opportunity share is going to sustain quite as deep into the season as yes. Connors will. But I mean, you're you're going to get meaningful production out of both of these guys. And running back is statistically the most injury prone and fragile of all the positions that we roster. So getting some depth there and not having to, you know, really, uh, you know, take on some kind of, you know, dead weight dart throw type of running back to do it is uh, is a is an opportunity that I'll jump at usually. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, guys, we appreciate all the questions tonight, all the interaction in the chat. It's been really good to see so many uh, new faces, familiar faces. Um, Either way, the best way, easiest way to support us, subscribe to the channel, come back and hang out with us again. Eric and I will be live again with some really great guests. We got Mike Stoyanov lined up for us, actor from Blossoms. He's going to be joining us on Friday at 2 p.m. And then uh, also we'll tie on that day of the Better Fantasy app as well. So we're jam-packed. Kyle will be back on with us next Tuesday as well as Scott Rainier. So we got a lot of good stuff coming over here at IBT. We got a shit ton of content on the website, guys. A shit ton. A metric ton right now. So check that out. Um, Eric, I know you have Green Screens Media as well. College basketball season. We're getting closer. 51 days. Yes, yes. Tell us how, Tell us a little bit about Green Screens and how we can best support you guys over there as well here on the YouTube. Yeah, Green Screens Media is your fast break of college basketball information. Uh, we are one of the only outfits that doesn't stop covering college basketball. Season wrapped up in April, and we kept on going, breaking down yeah. all of the transfer portal movement, thousands of players uh, on the move by way of that transfer portal, talking to new coaches, to existing coaches, wow. to beat reporters covering the teams. Right now, we are in the midst of our conference previews. We're breaking down every single conference. If you are a MEAC fan, we got you. If you're a Missouri Valley Conference fan, we got you. So Green Screens Media on YouTube is where you can find all of that college basketball work. Get over there, subscribe, check us out. And 
If you are subscribed to both Green Screens Media and In Between Media, I will personally mail you a bowl of my world-famous chili. Ooh. Get up in those comments. Send me some screenshots. I'll hook you up. Kyle, Kyle, that might be you, my friend. Do it. Dude, if I get some Texas chili mailed all the way up here, I hope it's just in a cardboard box, man. It's just, just, it's just going to be in an envelope. I'm just going to dump a bowl <laughs> into like a manila envelope and drop it in the mail. We, we appreciate everyone so much for tuning in. Uh, Dame saying thanks, guys. Thank you, Dame. We always appreciate Dame. you and Scampers making time for us on your guys' bowling night. And then uh, Paul saying thanks for the answer. Appreciate you, Paul. Yes, hope you come back and hang out with us again, my man. Uh, all right, guys. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep it in between. <laughs>